Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. morning and greeting in Jesus' name. <clears throat> this morning I have a special word in my heart about living as the sons of God. You know, how many of us have, uh, you've, you've read the genealogies in the Bible and you've skipped them? Or maybe many of us go through it <clears throat> and we, we painfully make our way through it and then we wonder, why on earth is it even added there? Uh, why do I need to know whose son, who was, and who was, and you know, the son of, the son of, the son of, and that just keeps going for, you know, paragraphs. Uh, I know, I know there are many of you who share this with me. Is there any significance, is there any meaning in knowing, uh, who was the son of whom? You know, recently I was going through the genealogy in the book of Luke, the genealogy of Jesus, uh, and I just stayed there trying to imagine what it was like uh, for all those people, you know, the, Luke, as he was writing it, would have had a, a much better understanding of the context of, of those people and the families he was talking about. And he may have been able to connect some more to the tribes, to the names, to the families than we would. So I thought, you know, what does it mean to know that this person was the son of this person, who was the son of this person? And I just went into just imagining what it would be like for us today. So go with me to some famous names that you can think of. Uh, maybe some famous business person, a famous athlete, a famous musical a musician or a singer. Uh, if you were to hear that they had a son, what initially or what seems to come into our minds when we think of that? Uh, so I listed a couple of things that would come to my mind when I hear, oh, this person is the son of, of that, someone like that. For one, I would think he shares his father's nature. Or he would be like his father in his likeness. He would look like his father. So if it was a famous, uh, you know, big person maybe on the screen, we think, oh, that person or, you know, someone, a very beautiful person or a very handsome man, we would think, oh, their child would be beautiful too. So we, we kind of think they will share the image, they will share the likeness, they will look like, they will act like, they will be like their father. They would share some amount of the gifts and the talents that the father has. So if it's a great musician, we kind of expect that the child would love music too. A sportsman, we kind of think, hey, maybe uh, their son would, would become a great batsman too. So we expect the sons to share in the gifts or the talents of the father. We think the father's resources are all available to that son. If it's a rich person, oh, all of the wealth goes to that son. And vice versa. If there is a lack of resources, the son will have the same. So we connect their resources to the resources of their father. They share the father's relationships. The father knew a lot of people just by virtue of being their son. The son has access to relationships that he may never had or have had on his own. And also, they, this child has a personal and a special relationship with his father just by virtue of being a son. Now, just like we receive these things in our natural descent, 
as the sons of our earthly parents, we also receive the same from our heavenly father. Now, if you would translate these things into our walk with God, when we believe in Christ, we are made the sons of God by faith. And then we receive from our heavenly father his likeness. We become like him. He said he had created Adam in his image and in his likeness, just like him. And in Christ, we are restored to that place of sonship. So we now begin to look like, to act like, to think and talk like our Heavenly Father. We share in His abilities what He can do. We as His sons and daughters are also given the power and the ability to do the things that He does. We have access to His resources. Everything that the Father has, we as His sons and daughters, we have the access to Pull out, pull out of that. From the, from the riches of his glory, he says he has made available for, for us. We have access to his relationships. We have access to the family that he is a part of, that, that God is the father of, the, of all the families of the earth. The angels, mighty angelic beings that serve him, now serve us too because we are now children in the house. And above all, we as his children have the privilege of knowing the father intimately. Now, even though an, a natural child, an earthly child, has all of these things at birth, no one just gives a baby everything that he is there in his name. We, there is a journey, there is a growing up that the child has to have before he can be entrusted with the things that actually belong to him. In the same way, in the spiritual as well, just the day we are born again, though we have an access to everything that is our Heavenly Father's, we are not entrusted with it immediately. There is a journey of growing into sonship that we have in the spiritual as well. This is what will enable us to access everything that is meant to be ours as the children of God. Now, our Christian life is not meant to be just a series of following rules and obeying commandments. Like I believed in Jesus, and so I have to live a life like this from now on. I have to read the Bible, I have to pray every day, I have to go to church once a week, I have to do all of these things right, and then I die and I go to heaven. That is not what our Christian life is meant to be. Our Christian life is more than that. That is not just why Jesus came. But the gospel story is actually the greatest adoption story of all time. It is the, it is the biggest, if you've seen the, the movie Annie of a little girl who's adopted by uh, a tycoon. He initially adopts her just, to, just as a business uh, you know, propaganda. But how she just wins up his heart. And it's a famous movie. Our adoption story is bigger than the Annie story, bigger than any adoption story. It's the biggest, the greatest adoption story of all time. God lost his son, Adam, whom he had created in his image. Adam became a servant and a slave to his enemy, Satan. But Jesus, his only begotten, his firstborn, was willing to come to pay the price of his own blood, to win back Adam and the sons of Adam back to the Father. And not just to win them back, but to give them the place of sonship that they lost. Jesus was willing to pay the price, do everything that was required, go through the adoption formalities so that 
he could adopt this the, the children of adam back into the father's family is there a greater story of adoption and god filled us with his spirit to enable us to live like him who would teach us his ways who would teach us to walk with him who would make his presence so real to us every single day so that not just would we be adopted into the family but we would grow into the likeness of our father now that is the ultimate goal of the father he doesn't he doesn't just want everyone in the family but he wants every one of us to grow to the maturity of his perfect son jesus and then through us as his mature sons he wants to display his glory he wants to show he wants to brag through his sons the greatness of his mercy the greatness of his love how great and how powerful he is to have redeemed us back from satan and now grown us up into sons so how how far away we may have gone from the plan and purpose of god if we have just made our christian life all about following rules and following commandments and doing certain things that we should and not doing certain other things that we shouldn't we need to get the big picture the big picture is that god is raising up sons and daughters you know many of us may miss out on this journey of sonship because of our own personal journeys maybe we didn't have an ideal father on earth to show us what true sonship is like and maybe we have struggled through this journey of just relating to god and we can't understand what a god what a good and loving father is like but don't let that stop you from accessing what the heavenly father has for you get into this journey of sonship you know even after after children are adopted sometimes they still have the mindset of orphans in them especially if they if they are older children and it is it takes a while before children adopted children can get into the understanding of being sons in the home and often in the in the spiritual in the body of christ it is the same we're so used to living as orphans we're so used to living as slaves and servants in in the enemy's house that when we come into the father's house we live with the same mindset the orphan mind says nobody cares for me nobody loves me no one's thinking of me and we don't we take time to understand that we now have a heavenly father so there is a journey of sonship there is a journey of growing into becoming like jesus the perfect son let's look at jesus's journey of sonship he is called the perfect son he was the perfect son but yet it says he learned obedience through the things which he suffered which means jesus even jesus being perfect had certain things that he had to learn so he was the only begotten son of the father in hebrews chapter 1 verses verses 1 uh, and 2 tells us that he was the brightness of the father's glory the exact image of the father and he became flesh verses 2 says that he through him he is the heir of all things through him god made the worlds he's the brightness of the father's glory the express image of the person of god he was the exact nature of the father yet to get on this journey of sonship jesus had to go through some things to do some things he was conceived by the holy spirit and he was born to earthly parents at the age of 12 it says he was filled and growing with wisdom and favor with god and man he was already desiring to be involved in the father's business 
how many of us know little children that watch what the fathers are doing and they start acting like that if if you're a businessman your son would also want to take a laptop and take a briefcase and act like he's going to office as pastors we have our children imitating us preaching the children begin to do what they see the father doing at 12 jesus was already wanting to be in the father's business at his baptism at the age of 30 jesus received the attestation of his sonship the heavens opened the holy spirit filled him and a voice from heaven said this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased now this came not because he did a single act of of, of wonder or a single miracle jesus lived 30 years submitted to his earthly parents he walked in humility submission love the fear of the lord and at the age of 30 the father attests him as a true son after his baptism he was filled with the holy spirit and immediately there was a test of his sonship as the sons of god our sonship will be tested too the enemy came to him three times and said if you are really the son of god do this prove it to me show me you're a son but jesus with each time proved his sonship not by doing a supernatural work not by turning the stones into bread but he proved his sonship by showing he knew what the father's heart was he said it is written i know what my father has said then the enemy tries again and said it's also written like this jump off he will send his angels to hold you up jesus said it is also written that you will not test the lord your god jesus knew his father's heart he knew the father's mission he was not there to prove himself to the enemy that he could do great things he knew he could but this was a test of sonship and the test of sonship is how well do you know the father how well are you uh, have you been with him how close have you been with him to know what his heart is after receiving after after overcoming the enemy in the wilderness jesus goes out filled with the power of the holy spirit and begins to preach to teach to heal and to do the father's business he begins to tell the world the kingdom of heaven is at hand my father's kingdom is here and again what he did was not just to just to display his great power because we see many times jesus actually went away from the crowds went away from from appreciation and and the applaud of people he was actually revealing the father he was showing the people this is what my father's like my father loves to heal he loves to deliver he loves to save that's who he is he loves to set people free even if it is on the sabbath day so jesus went out revealing the father not just doing the miracles the miracles were the tool for him to show the world what the father was like at his transfiguration before the cross jesus again receives an attestation by the father where the he the a cloud surrounds him and his disciples and they hear the voice saying this is my beloved son listen to him at the garden of gethsemane we see another test for jesus where he is he is called to submit his will to the father's will and jesus again is victorious he says father not my will but your will be done three times he his heart breaks as he prays as he considers the price he is going to pay but each time he submits his will to his father and then we know that he he goes he lays his life down for us so that we could be adopted into sonship he rose from the grave victorious and he was given the name above every other name 
and he rose today to sit at the right hand of the father with all power and authority under his feet he proved his sonship he proved his obedience to the father he had learned obedience through his suffering and today in hebrews verses 10 two verses 10 hebrews chapter 2 verses 10 it says in bringing many sons to glory he was perfected through suffering you see the point of the suffering was not just to obey the father the point of the suffering the dream behind the suffering was i get to bring many sons into glory and that's you and me that was his desire not just to bring us into the family but to bring us into the glory of god bring us into maturity as sons now if jesus had to learn obedience through the things that he went through how much more do all of us who who are who fall far short of him how much more do we need to learn these things so that we grow in our journey as a son now our journey of the sonship is is the same we are born again when we believe in jesus we are filled with the holy spirit and now we are given the grace and the power to walk with him but many of us get stuck in this in the stage of from here into maturity we fail to grow into the full maturity of the sons of god and this is where this is what we want to look into today where are you in your journey of sonship how are you growing into maturity do we know what we are growing into do we know what the end of our journey is supposed to look like the end of our journey is that we grow into sons of glory just like the perfect son of god jesus so let's look at the stages of sonship i'm going to teach you a little greek today so you're going to learn a couple of new greek words uh and it's going to be interesting the stages of sonship in the greek there are many different words for sons and children that are used which are all translated as son or child children in the english so we're going to look at um, what some of these different stages are and what they mean now the earliest stage of sonship is the infant son and it's a word word called nepios n e p i o s when a person is first born again we enter the nepios stage now this is a baby stage okay this is this is where everyone that is born again gets in galatians chapter 4 verses 1 says it this way now i say that the heir as long as he is a child does not differ from a slave and the word here is the heir as long as he is a nepios is no no different from a slave even though he is the master of all the newborn believer is like an heir under guardianship such an heir is not sufficiently trained and is not mature enough to have free access to the resources of the household even though he is heir to everything in it the nepios sons they have an inheritance only positionally but due to immaturity they have not appropriated this reality personally practically and experientially the nepios believer is newborn has everything but cannot use anything because he has not been trained he is not matured enough into a place where he knows how to use the resources of the household concerning what the nepios believer eats on or feeds on 1 corinthians chapter 3 verses 1 paul says and i brethren could not speak to you as to spiritual people 
but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. So the carnal believers at Corinth, they were not a new church. They were not a, a church with just baby believers. But they were a church that was, had grown. They were moving in the gifts of the Spirit. But many of them had not matured. And Paul calls them babies in Christ. Because I'm trying to give you solid food, but you can only handle milk. The Nepios believers are those that cannot digest except the very basic truths of God's Word. Anything that requires an effort from them to chew and to, to be able to digest the harder, the tougher meats they are not able to take in. They want the basic truth. God loves me. You know, uh, I'm going to, I want to go to heaven. I believe in Jesus. And they want to stay in the very, very basic truths. They are not hungry. If you know, you know, little children, once they are out of the stage of the milk stage, they start hungering for more food. When they see solid food, they want to eat it. The Nepios believer is not hungry for the, for the strong food of meat. They're satisfied with the milk stage. And Paul calls them carnal believers. What are they like? Verses 3 says, You're still carnal. For where there is envy and strife and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Have they said the sinner's prayer? Yes. Are they born again? Yes. They've entered the family of God. But they're still living carnal lives. They're still living with envy, with jealousy, with fightings, with strife, divisions. One saying, I am of Paul. Another saying, I am of Apollos. They have not understood what it means to be a part of this family. They've, they're still living with the orphan mindset. And they're bringing all that into the kingdom of God. This child is easily influenced by various teachings and schemes of men. Hebrews 5 verses 12 tells us, by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need again for someone to teach you the basic elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. Here again the writer is saying that you, are, you should have been teachers by this time. But I'm still giving, able to give you only milk. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness. For he is an infant or a nepios. But solid food is for the mature, who by practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. So, Paul, so the writer of the Hebrews is saying, grow out of the nepio stage. Grow out of just feeding on milk. Grow out of your carnality and the still being involved and lusting after the things of the world. You are, are, are on a journey to maturity. You are on a journey of sonship. You need to get out of this stage. In 1 Corinthians 13, verses 11, Paul again says, When I was a child, when I was a nepios, I spoke as a nepios. I understood as a nepios and I thought as a nepios. But when I become a man, I put away childish things. Amen. If you think that you are in this stage, you're still caught up with, with, with the world and with carnality, the Lord is asking you to step out of this stage. Put away childish things. When you are a child, you are allowed to be like a child. You are allowed to think like a child. But when you are moving on to maturity, you put away childish things. We say, don't act like a child, right? Because there are some things that are okay when you are a child, but they are not okay when you are mature. 
God wants us to move on. He wants us to mature as sons. The next stage of sonship is the Pideon stage. This is the stage of a child. A young child or children. P-A-I-D-I-O-N. The Pideon stage. In the book of 1 John, the Apostle John writes, to fathers, to young men and to little children. Not necessarily to those of those age groups, but probably to those who are spiritually fathers, spiritually young men and spiritually little children. He says, I write to you little children or little Pideon because you have known the father. A Pideon is a young child and in scripture the term is used for one who is able to recognize the father. This is the stage where we begin to walk closer with the father. We're able to identify the father. We're able to have a relationship and we're building our relationship with the father. This is an older child than an infant. This is also the word that Jesus used when he said, bring the little children to me, bring the little Pideon to me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. He also said, unless you become like a Pideon, unless you become like a little child, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. So the Pideon son humbles himself and is a knows that he has a lot to learn, he has a lot to grow. The Pideon son knows the father is beginning to learn the things of the kingdom. But this son still needs to grow and mature. If you are in this stage, you, you know God, you love God, and you know you're in the kingdom, but you're not growing on to maturity, you're happy there, and you're content there, and you think this is all there is. There is more that God wants you to have. There is more into maturing as a son. The next stage of sonship is a stage which, which talks about young men. Now this stage is a word in Greek called the neaniskos. Okay, that's N-E-A-N-I-S-K-O-S. Again in 1 John, the Apostle John addresses the young men and says, I write to you young men because you have overcome the wicked one. You are strong and the word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the wicked one. The near Niskos stage is the stage of the overcomer. This is a son who has been tested and has displayed strength. And who in his testing has represented God. Has shown the word of God. Has displayed the nature and the power of God. The near Niskos is no longer a child. And the near Niskos overcoming the evil one shows that he's been through suffering He's been through trials and he has come out courageous. The Neoniscos, another place where the Neoniscos is used, is in Acts 2.17. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit. God said, I will pour out my spirit and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men, your Neoniscos will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. The Neoniscos time is a time of Seeing visions for the Father. Seeing visions for the kingdom. These are young men in the kingdom that, are, that have overcome. They've fought their battles. They've, they've come out victorious. They've been tested. They've been proved. And now they are dreaming things for the Father. They have a vision. They're moving forward in the, in the Father's household with a vision. If you are stuck at this stage and you don't know what to do next, there is, a, there is another journey of sonship for you. Many get stuck here, oh, I've fought my battles, you know, I did this 20 years ago, you know, I did this and I did that, and now I'm settling back because all my battles are won. 
God does not want us to stay there. God wants us to move on from just being young men. He wants us to move on into the maturity of the sons of God. Jesus probably had his near cause stage when he faced Satan in the wilderness. Again, he was tested, he was tried, and he used the word of God and he overcame by the word of God. Many of you may be battling, young people especially, you're, you're in that stage, you're battling things against the world. Hold on, you know, God will see you through. The battle doesn't go on forever. You will come through victorious. God is raising you up and maturing you to be a son in the home. Some of these trials and testings are essential if you have to be a son. If you have to be entrusted with the father's heart, with the father's household. If you have to be entrusted with the things of the kingdom that God wants to give you. Some of these trials and sufferings that you have been through were necessary. Don't be discouraged. Don't think, why did only I have to go through all this? God was training you and God was preparing you. But this is not the stage to stop at. And this is not the stage to back out of. To think that, you know, I'm, I'm going to fail every battle. I can't do this. I am weak. No. God wants us to be overcomers. God wants us to be victorious. So we are going to move on into the next stage. And this is the stage of the Son of God. The final stage of sonship is called the Huios stage. H-U-I-O-S. Now, this is the son who is a complete representation of the father. He carries the heart of the father and he does the will of the father. He knows the father, he's overcome the enemy, and now he shares the father's glory and the father's authority. I believe our time on earth is going to be all a growing into the who you stage. And probably finally on that day when we meet the Lord, we will hear from him, well done, good and faithful servant. But till then... Our Christian life is meant to be this journey of growing into maturity of the sons of God. So the who are sons, it's a son by birth or by adoption. They share the same nature of the father. They are just like the father. Amen. Just like we as believers share in the likeness of our heavenly father, the who your son looks like dad. Looks like when they see us, they say, hey, he looks just like his dad. He acts just like his dad. He's got those mannerisms that's just like his dad. The Huya son, when, when people see the Huya son, they, they remember, he's a reflection of what his father is. And wherever the Huya son goes, he carries the nature of the house of God from where he's sent. So this is the fully mature Christ-like son. Now what does this Huya son look like and how do I grow into a huyos or a mature son. So I want all of us, whatever stage we may be in, this is what we want to grow into. Whatever, even if you are in an infant stage, we don't know how long each of us take in, in any stage. But whatever it is we are growing into, we are desiring to keep moving into the maturity of the Son of God. So let's look at what the huyos son looks like. How does the huyos son live? Number one, the huyos son knows the father intimately. And he imitates what he sees in the Father. Jesus in John 10 verses 15 said, As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. He was so confident that he knows his Father just like the Father knows him. He knew his Father well because he spent much time with his Father. And the more you spend time with the Father, the more you begin to imitate him. Just like 
anyone we spend time with, anyone we are looking at all the time, we are going to be imitating them. Husbands and wives rub off on each other. Twenty years down the road, we begin to talk like each other or act like each other. Children, being with the parents, begin to imitate them. Who are you imitating? Who are you displaying? Are we struggling with things in our walk with God? Is it because we are not spending enough time looking at the Father, looking into His Word, seeing what He is like and imitating Him? The more we see Him, the easier it is to imitate. You don't have to tell anyone who's got a big poster of some famous celebrity in their room and they're looking at it every day and soon they'll be fixing their hair like that or soon they'll be dressing up like that. They keep looking at it, they keep watching it, they will soon be imitating it. If we want to imitate the Father, we need to be with Him, we need to spend time with Him. And the enemy knows that anyone who who works or, or spends time with the Father is going to grow into His likeness. Is going to become a huios. And a huios is a danger for the kingdom of darkness. So the enemy will do everything to break your relationship with the Father. He will do everything to distract you from spending your time with God. That time with God is the, would be the, the hardest for us to keep up with. <clears throat> We're always bored and distracted. There are a whole lot of other more interesting things to do than spending time with the Father. But what happens is we get stunted in our growth of in God. We get stuck in a stage of a nepios or a, or a child and we are happy that way because we are not spending enough time to grow into the father's likeness. The who your son does what he sees the father doing. Jesus said, I do nothing of myself. I can do nothing of myself. But what I see my father doing, whatever he does, I do the same way. <clears throat> the who your son imitates the father imitates what the father is doing. What is he doing now? What is he asking me to do? I want to try to do that the same way. Jesus would go where the father's voice led him. And he would, do, he would heal who the father asked him to heal. He would save, he would go and he would minister the places and the people the father asked him to go to. The who your son is always looking and listening. What is the father saying? Where does the father want me to go? How does the father want me to do it? Can we grow into that? Can we grow into that every day? Whatever you may be doing, maybe you're running a business, maybe you're working in your workplace, can you spend time with the Father and ask Him, Father, how do you want me to, to live this day? And if, can I see what you're doing in this place, your workplace? Maybe God has some things that He wants to do there. Can you spend time with the Father and can you hear from Him? The who your son is led by the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 verses 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the huios of God. Amen. They're not just the children, because the children don't know how to be led by the Holy Spirit. It is the grown-up sons that know to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and walk with it. It is the huios, the mature sons that are led by the Spirit of God. So not all the children in the household have trained themselves to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and to be led by Him. But we want to learn. Amen? We want to be led by the Holy Spirit. So the Huyo sons are not controlled by their flesh. They are not controlled by the desires of, of, the, of the world around them. But they are listening to the Holy Spirit. They are listening to what He has to say. The Huyo sons pray differently. They pray with confidence. They don't use vain repetitions. They ask as a child and as a son who knows the Father. When the, when the disciples saw Jesus always getting into prayer, and they couldn't probably go through five minutes, 
They went and asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. Because they would see him going away to pray. Going away to pray. And he tells them, when you pray, this is how you need to do it. Say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Jesus taught them to pray a prayer focused on the Father. It was not focused when you pray, say, Our Father, today I have so many things in, I need to do. I have huge debts I need to clear off. I have a lot of work I need to finish. No, he said, say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be. That's how a your son prays. They pray differently. They pray. The, the infant may pray, Lord, I need this. Lord, I need that. I need so many things and you're not giving me any of that. But the Huyos prays differently. The Huyos knows that God gives good gifts, gives the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. The Huyos son is interested in, in glorifying and exalting the Father even before his own needs. The Huyos son displays peace, love and forgiveness. Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 5 verses 43 onwards. You've heard it said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. If you want to be true sons and daughters that represent your Father, he says, loving your enemies and praying for those that persecute you is a mark of the who your sons of God. He says, your Father sends the rain on the just and the unjust. He makes his sun rise on the good and the evil. He doesn't say, you haven't known me, you have blaspheme my name today there's no rain for you or there's no sun on you your father is good and he's gracious to good and evil alike be like your father in heaven if you are struggling to love your enemies and it is a difficult thing to do to pray for those who persecute you but who your sons mature sons will train themselves in this because this is what our father does amen we are growing as imitators of our Father. Challenging relationships are there for every one of us and require us to respond in love towards those who hate us. And this is a great stumbling block for the sons of God. This is a place the enemy makes most of us fall down at the nepios stage and stay there. He doesn't allow us to grow into becoming huyos because we get stuck with those that hate us and with those that are our enemies. Today, as a mature son of God, can you begin to ask God, I need to love those people that are trying to destroy my life, maybe, because I want to be a mature son of my Father in heaven. I think this is one of the greatest tests of our sonship. And many of us don't realize that these difficult people are sent into our lives to mature us and to grow us into becoming sons. So this, I think, is one of the greatest marks of sonship. The ability to love and the ability to forgive. The Huyo sons walk lives free of anxiety. Just like Jesus said, don't worry about what you're going to eat or about your life, what you're going to eat. The little children or the orphans that don't have a heavenly father, worry about those things. But your heavenly father is thinking about you and he's already providing for you. The Huyo sons don't have anxiety because they know the Heavenly Father. The Huyo sons walk free of fear. Romans 8 verses 15 says, You did not receive a spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. 
the spirit of bondage to fear is in direct contrast opposition to the spirit of adoption if you have the spirit of adoption in you you are not bound anymore to the spirit of fear we can't have both amen so if we want to grow in our adoption as sons we have to get rid of our fears we cannot have fear in us and grow into mature sonship so these are two contradicting contrasting spirits and the sons of god the mature sons of god we take our fears to the father and we say lord i am afraid of these things and the father reassures us of his presence and his perfect will for us and tells us be strong because i am with you and then the huya sons break free from that fear and break free of that bondage amen the huya sons are submitted and obey the father just like jesus prayed in the garden father not my will but yours be done this is such a great mark of maturity and it is such a hard thing but god is calling us to grow into that can you say in whatever situation you are in your life father i know that i want this the other way is too painful it's too difficult but say lord not my will your will your will because i don't want to be a child i don't want to be a baby in the home i want to be a mature son i want to grow i don't want to be a, a, a teenager all the time i want to grow as a son so father your will lord not my will even if it's hard the huya sons are also disciplined by the father hebrews chapter 12 verses 7 to 11 says if you endure chastening god deals with you as his sons for what son what huya is there whom a father does not chasten but if you are without chastening then you are illegitimate and you are not sons the huya sons will allow the father to rebuke them to chasten them to correct them to discipline them that's a mark of true that's a mark of mature sons so the huyas may still need the father's correction the father's discipline but they receive it because we're growing as sons the huya son overcomes sin the flesh and the self demonstrating maturity he he wins over the enemy every time and the huya son represents the father accurately wherever we go remember we are representing our heavenly father everything we say everything we do is representing who we are from the much only the mature son can represent the father accurately there is such a great responsibility on us as the church the believers to go out and demonstrate this great amazing awesome father that we have this one who is perfect in love perfect in mercy perfect in grace perfect in in everything and we have been given the charge to show the world what he is like we need to mature so that we don't give the world the wrong representation of our heavenly father lastly the huya sons seek after his kingdom his righteousness they are interested in the father's business they are not sons that are just go away and leave the house just like the two sons in the prodigal story they were both adult sons but one just left the father and said give me my portion i want to make my own name in the world i want to have nothing to do with you but the huya sons are those that seek after father what is your heart what is your business father what about your kingdom if we are children of the king we should be interested in our father's kingdom we should be interested in how is the kingdom growing we should ask the father lord is the enemy taking more ground today where are the sons of the kingdom that are meant to talk to the father Lord how can we increase 
your kingdom. How can we bring back, bring in more sons and daughters into your kingdom? How can we adopt them, Lord, into your family? Because they're orphans and they need a father. Who your sons are interested in the father's business. Jesus in John chapter 2 goes and he, he drives out the, the, those people that were in, his, uh, in the father's house. They were doing business there in the wrong way. And he says, zeal for my father's house has consumed me. Zeal for your house has eaten me up. He was a huya son. He was a mature son. He was not just interested in, in going once a week into the father's house and then going out again. The burden of the father's family, the kingdom was on him. This morning I want to call on the huya sons. I want to call on all of us to grow up into maturity. Enough of being children. Enough of being immature. We want to grow into the sonship of Jesus. Let me close with this, with this scripture. Romans 8 verses 19. The earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. You know, creation is crying out. It's, another version says, creation is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. Do you know the world around us is crying out, where are the Huyo sons of God? There was one Jesus that came and turned the world upside down. The world forever has not been the same when one son of God walked this earth. And he calls us to be pre, we are predestined, his word says, to be conformed to the image of his son. We are predestined to become like Jesus. Then where is the manifestation of the huyos of God? You know, when I see the news and I look at the stories that we are hearing every day, for me, it, what, what resounds in my heart is this scripture. Creation is waiting for the sons of God to manifest. Amen. The huyos. Can we rise up in our generation? Can we rise up in this day, in this season, when the world is broken? And can we show them what the Father is like? Can we show them who the sons of God are meant to be? Can we display the, the nature of our Father? They are groaning. Creation is groaning. Can, you, can we hear the groans of creation? Can we hear the cries of those that are not adopted into the Father's family? Because they're groaning and they're crying out saying, where are the sons of God? Why are they not being revealed? Amen. We as a church are going to pray, saying, Father, grow us up from being children. Grow us up from being childish and childlike. And grow us up to be like your son, Jesus. Shall we pray together, church? Father, we come before you with this word. Creation is waiting for us to manifest your nature. And Father, we stand as your sons and daughters. Lord, and we are asking, Lord, teach us to mature. Teach us to grow. Teach us to become like Jesus. Lord, let us not get stuck, Lord, as infants and like children when the world is waiting, is groaning for the manifestation of the huyos of God, the sons of God, to rise up in this generation. Lord, we give ourselves, Lord, to grow into becoming like Jesus. We give ourselves to imitate the Father wherever we are. Lord, we, we want to show, we want to represent your nature in our workplaces, in our families, in our neighborhoods. 
We want to be the Jesus that they want to see and they are groaning to see. And we want to be interested in our Father's business. We want the things of the kingdom. I pray right now, Father, for a burden of the things of the kingdom to be poured out upon your sons and daughters. That we will share in the burden of the Father. We will share in the weight that is on His heart. And we will say, Father, we are your sons and daughters. We want to share the burden, Lord, that you are carrying. And Lord, pour that upon us, that we would rise up as sons and daughters. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wicc.in.